Hello, everyone. Welcome into Living Liberty Today. This is episode 63. I'm your host, Charlie Earle. Our title today is Elite Hacks. Well, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later on, particularly about Janet Yellen, but we'll get to that in a little bit. I've got a couple of small things I want to share with you as we get started today. First of all, if you hear any beeps in the background, annoying little beeps, ignore them. I do. Uh, It's my insulin pump telling me that I'm out of balance. Um, As a side note, I've been married for 52 years. I'm used to being told that I'm out of balance, so please uh, ignore them if you hear them. Uh, A couple other small notes. There was a Hollywood strike that was averted and the nation yawns, okay? Um, Also, I do want to remark as maybe an historical note. When I was a a youngster growing up, we were frequently reminded about the empty shelves and the lack of uh, choices in Soviet stores. In some respects, we're starting to follow that pattern for different reasons, but maybe not that much different. Anytime you have massive government involvement and central planning, you're going to have logistical and production nightmares, and it seems like we're getting some level of that now. Another small note is that electric vehicles, as you may or may not know, and a further reliance on electric vehicles means that we're going to need more lithium and silver, which is going to create some um, interesting shortages in the supply chain going forward in addition to the microchip issues they have now. So now let's get into some of the news stories. As you know, I like to recommend different columns and writers and bloggers to you on a week-to-week basis about what's happening in the world of economic activity. First one I want to start with is my old friend Bill Bonner. Bill, as you know, I refer to him nearly every week on this program, and it's Bill Bonner's diary from October 12th. Uh, He talks about the deep state elite vows to remove the debt ceiling. Yes, Miss Janet Yellen was at the top of the news cycle again. He said uh, she spent her whole career in academia or government. She has no direct experience with the real economy, I'm quoting now, or the banking industry, or Wall Street. She never met a payroll and never had to satisfy a customer. Widely regarded as one of the most influential women in the world, she's using her influence as she always has, shilling for the deep state elite. That's the Bill Bonner's Diary from October 12th. That gives you an idea of where we got our title today uh, for elite hacks. In other words, Janet Yellen is just another deep state hack, um, probably a political hack. That's a term we use most uh, often. But yet hacking in this digital age has taken on a new meaning and a new depth. So maybe those hacks are finally starting to merge. And then another Bill Bonner's diary from the 15th, he said, um, 
Quoting now, yes, today we bite into the mushroom. Make sure you are in a safe space and keep a stomach pump handy. Uh, We've got another Argentine-style headline in the U.S. from MarketWatch. I'm still quoting. The largest cola hike in 40 years is coming to Social Security and what that means. In other words, for those of you or those of us who are on Social Security, we probably should rejoice with a 5.9% hike. But on the other hand, uh, if you're on Medicare, those rates are going up comparably. But all that means is that your money is worth less. Anytime they give you a COLA hike, don't get excited. It just means you, the value of the dollar has decreased even more. Same old, same old, same old. Again, I'm going to stay with Bill a little longer here. From Saturday the 16th, he, uh, in Rogue Economics, uh, a part of his diary, he's been talking about the end of banking and money as we know it. That's a sub-article by Dan Denning, and he's the co-author of the Denning um, Bonner Newsletter. He basically said that War is a continuation of politics by other means. That's from Clausewitz. He's sub-quoting him there. But when it comes to money, public money issued by government versus private money made by nature, and we're talking there about uh, natural commodities such as gold or silver or cryptocurrency and outside the government realm, which I have been suggesting to you may not stay that way for long, But the government has ended the war in Afghanistan on terror only so it can focus more fully on its war here in the United States. On you. Yes, it's an all-out war on your freedom of speech. I'm still quoting. Your freedom of movement, your right to privacy, and private money itself. There are all kinds of warnings in the forecast and on the horizon. And I would suggest that you maintain some kind of reserve. Uh, I've never told you before that I think you should be buying hard commodities as as a reserve. Obviously, that shouldn't be your only investment and future strategy, but nevertheless, it may be a safe one to go. Hoarding actual cash may not be a bad idea. Because if government does decide to go all digital and take over the entire digital process, and let's face it, they practically are when the central bank, the Federal Reserve, keeps publishing, quote, digital money, end quote. It's not digital anything, just a bunch of zeros and ones with no real intrinsic value. In fact, what it does is lower the value of those greenbacks you hold in your hand. Nevertheless, If they decide to make a full-blown switch over into the digital realm, they're probably going to redeem your hard dollars, hard as in paper, going to redeem your hard dollars at a small percentage on the value. But if you have some in hand, at least you can assure yourself uh, some asset level going forward. Now I'm going to Liberty Nation News. This is from October 15th, uh, an article by Andrew Moran. He talks about China's Evergrande, cloudy with a chance of default, 
What does that mean? Well, that means despite our fragile economy here in the United States, uh, China's way ahead of us. And let's look at it from a couple of different perspectives here. And I'm certainly not a a Sino expert. I don't have a lot of insight into China. Just I look at the overall, the headline, if you will, don't get into the weeds. But China is getting more aggressive internationally as far as reaching out to Africa and South America, particularly, and even in the United States. God only knows how much impact they have in the U.S. We have no real sophisticated, reliable, and um, valid reporting system to discover uh, how deep their tentacles are here. But they're also massively expanding their military in, in addition to their space exploration. Meanwhile, their local, uh, I should say, their national economy is standing on thin reeds, uh, could crash at any moment. What happens when countries' economies become endangered and become weak? Well, generally, they lash out and look for other opportunities to take over and acquire new assets, or at least uh, uh, to ensure their supply chain. That might explain a lot of why China is becoming so bellicose, so warlike in its attitudes and so forth, in addition to the fact that they see the Biden administration as, A, tied to them uh, with an umbilical cord, and also just generally weak overall. So um, keep your eyes on China. How China goes is going to really massively impact what happens here in the USA. The Breitbart Business Digest from Friday, uh, October 15th, uh, they discuss the endless supply of supply chain woes. It's a bunch of finger-pointing, as we've remarked now for a couple of weeks, there, there's a big backlog of uh, cargo ships sitting out in many of the harbors uh, around the United States. Meanwhile, other harbors are basically empty. And what we find, we have a shortage of truck drivers. We have an argument going on between California restrictions on the type of trucks that are allowed to operate within that state. And the truckers saying that if they take off those unnecessary restrictions, we could haul product out faster and unload the cargo ships quicker. Uh, Biden made a, a feeble little attempt to require 24-7 unloading, which is fine, but you got to move the cargo containers out, usually via truck or train, uh, out of the location before you have room to unload the new ones. Plus, you have to get rid, I guess, one of the great backlogs, particularly in the Southern California harbors, are the empty cargo containers taking up space and and uh, just making it difficult to maneuver and get their jobs done. I guess the bottom line is the two things that really concern me about our overall well-being this could be the economy, but I'm talking about our well-being as individuals and citizens aside from government tyranny, are the supply chain and the electrical grid. Both are feeble, both are at, extremely at risk, and both could have a major impact on how we live going forward. In fact, for some of us in our nation, it won't be how we live, 
It's be if we can live. From Zero Hedge, uh, on Tuesday, October 12th, by Portfolio Armor, Crisis Investing, I would recommend that to you. I know Zero Hedge has a reputation as being a right-wing, almost a QAnon type of place, but I've found them to be a reliable reporter of, of the movement, the stream, what's going on underneath the weeds. They may not have the details fully. They may not have them precisely, but nevertheless, they see the trends, they smell the trends, the various columns and writers they have there with them. It at least gives you a heads up about how things may be moving. So they're talking about crisis investing coming forward. Um, They just use Southwest Airlines as an example in that column uh, about how the, the whole vaccine mandate thing, the supply chain, all this stuff coming together to create a, a critical mass at this uh, stage in time. Another article is from the American Institute for Economic Research, AIER, column I read, or uh, I should say a website I read every day, Theodore Gebhardt has a column in there from October 13th where he talks about capital accumulation and the reconciliation package. He said, Americans are right, I'm quoting now, Americans are rightly concerned about the current and future economic well-being. Since the 2008 financial crisis, middle-class household incomes have seen little overall growth. And I would say in certain sectors, that's actually been a shrinkage that it's below growth, uh, a, a, a dissolving, if you will. Uh, owing to business lockdowns and other pandemic-related impacts and economic activity, still quoting, real household annual income actually fell from about 69000 in 2019 to about sixty-seven five in 2020. And I'm going to add one thing we'll look at next week when we do episode 64, is people pulling out of the jobs market. It's hard to find employees these days for many small businesses. The government subsidy for unemployment has been decreased in many states. Nevertheless, people are still pulling out of the job market. And we'll talk about that next week. Well, that's Living Liberty today. I want to encourage you, as always, to stay free, be free, and live free. I'm Charlie Earle.